0: Welcome to Season 2 of Hope is a Verb, a podcast that explores what it takes to change the world through conversations with the people that are making it happen. I'm Amy.
1: I'm Gus, and these are the unknown heroes who are mending our planet, stitching together a better future, and showing us the best of what it means
2: to be human. The Incas, they are remaining of cultures that suffered a climate change during the 800 years after Jesus Christ. No water, many years with sunny days, the agriculture disappeared, forests end. They said, okay, let's build aqueducts. Even right now, that aqueducts are still bringing water. They build terraces to produce all the crops. Right now, they're still producing like they produced a thousand years ago. And the best. They planted trees.
1: The overlapping nature and scale of the challenges we face as a species today are unprecedented. But it's also true that humanity has centuries of experience to lean on and generations of problem solvers to inspire us. In our rush towards pushing forward in our excitement about the new, we forget the wisdom of the ancient. And recovering indigenous ancient wisdom is something that Constantino Alcasutas, or Tino, as he likes to be called, has dedicated his life to. During his 30-year quest to save South America's highlands, his connection to his Inca heritage has helped him empower thousands of local communities to plant almost 10 million trees.
0: Communities along the Andes are struggling with the very real impacts of climate change, fire, droughts, erosion. But Tino's mission to plant millions of the high-altitude polylipus tree is restoring forests, ancient practices and water supplies. Tino's Cloud Forests, which may just be the best name for a forest I've ever heard, are proof that sometimes the solutions to our most urgent problems are those with the deepest roots.
1: Tino, welcome to Hope is a Verb. We're so pleased to have you on the podcast. Thank
2: you so much to everybody. And it's a pleasure to be here. Is there a story, a news story or a story maybe from your local area, anything that's giving you hope in the world right now? When the people mention to me why you are doing all this work, I normally answer that because I believe on it. Seeing the face of the local communities, local people, natives, and even better, the face of the kids, for me, my friend, I cry many times, but I cry because I saw the happiness on the face of the kids. Or just a single message from the I promise to my kids, I'm not going to stop in this. I'm going to do everything that is possible to give some hope to this single house that we have, the planet Earth. And I am sure that I can do it.
1: So... This mission that you're talking about is your organization, Action Andina, which you started 23 years ago. At the time, you were working as a biologist. How would you describe your early days in that field?
2: In the beginning, is difficult, as as everything is difficult in the beginning. Before 2000, with my friends, we had been traveling a lot doing research. for local biologists traveling days, sometimes months along all the highlands, collecting data, but in every single journey, we found communities and local people who comes to us looking for solutions. Probably all that background pushed us in 2000 to create an NGO, but with one mission that is different to the rest of the other institutions to work on implementing conservation strategies in coordination with local stakeholders and on benefit of the local and native communities. That was our main difference. I suffer a lot from 2000, to 2003, because was the time when everybody was desperate on hotspots, corridors, creating new protected areas. But nobody believes that putting humans as the solution, nobody believes on that. If the humans are the problem, why we don't work with the humans? Of course, on the last 10 years, more institutions changed their mission. Now they, they put the inside of the mission on benefits of local communities, protecting the culture, the nature and culture, everything. But in 2000, nobody. Mm -hmm.
1: Indigenous-led conservation is gaining momentum all around the world right now and has had so many great successes restoring different landscapes and species. Why has it taken us so long to put conservation into the hands of local communities?
2: Normally, in 45 years of conservation, most of the local and native communities, what they have been doing, they are spectators, not being part of the solution. Many people ask me, what is your main formula where everybody fail?" said, all the local and native communities are demanding for respect. And respect is something nobody is doing. They want to talk. They want to share histories, experience, everything. They have a lot of knowledge and we must learn from all of them. That is the solution. Conservation without money is just conversation. And this conversation, not including local communities, is bad conversation. And I, it's the reason why I, I love to sit down with them spend nights with them, chewing coca lips or just yes, dancing, singing. I learn a lot. I don't have the certificates. I mean, no, I don't have the master's degree. I don't have a, a PhD degree. All this knowledge that is coming from them. I'm rescuing those practices.
1: Can you give us an idea of where you're doing this work and how many communities are involved?
2: We are working in five countries. This year is going to be Colombia more. But I have a lot of happiness visiting every single local community along all the high Andes Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, Peru, Colombia. Many times they ask me, Tontino. How you did it to unite all these countries? There is a history of a lot of fighting and wars, everything. Easier, easier for me. The first time when we were all we united was when we were part of the Incas empire. The second time when we fight for our independence, this is the third time for one tree, polylipse. or programs in uh, Eco and, and action andina is bringing benefits training leadership, and there we are pushing them to be part of the solution. They work all together for a common goal that is that we call the communal work or o minga and said i'm going to use that i'm going to use that principle
0: okay i 'd love to hear more about this principle of AIMI mean minka. Can you tell us the history of this philosophy and how it translates into the work that you're doing with local communities?
2: The Quechua name is Aini Minga. What does it mean? Everybody in the community is convinced to go and work all together for a common goal. Aini means today for me and tomorrow for you. Minga Minga is the big activities. Like restoration, planting in a single day, 16,000 trees. Okay, it's a communal work, it's a minga. Or let's uh, build a bridge. Okay, it's another minga. Let's repair the the roof of the communal house. It's a minga. For big activities, it's the minga or minga. But for personal activities, I need. During the Inca's time, there were 12 million Incas. Every year... One town, they offered to the Inca one month of free labor, building terraces, just building houses, bridges, because it's just an honor of being under the Inca's power. In that way, my friend, in less than a thousand years, they built all that thing that now everybody comes to South America to enjoy and see terraces, aqueducts, (laughs) all that magnificent things in only 1,000 years. Yeah,
0: wow. I mean, Tino, this combination of rescuing Indigenous wisdom alongside the forests, this must have a huge impact on the communities you
2: work with. It's just empowering also, you know, because uh, if you don't give them the opportunity of of rescuing their heritage and their leadership, we are going to be easier targets for everything the pressure of the big cities, corruption. But if they are maintaining that uh, organization and the uh, bylaws of the communities that they are carrying from hundreds of thousands of years ago, I'm so proud of my heritage and being an Inca descendant. But indigenous heritage, you are going to suffer a lot of discrimination. Even right now, when I talk with many times with all the leaders that we join around the world, everything, I highly recommend it. Never, ever victimize yourselves. No, no more tears, no more things about, uh, I suffer discrimination, racism, terrorism, politics. Forget it, forget it. Find solutions. United people bring benefits. We need leaders. This is the thing. I mean, looking for more leaders. I mean, on
1: paper, you could be mistaken for assuming that this is simply about environmental conservation, but the work you're doing, it's so much more than tree planting, right?
2: It's not just tree planting, (laughs) believe me. Yeah. Many people say, ah, this is just another problem of tree planting. No, 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 no. When you plant a tree, it's like you are giving birth Another child. If you are not going to protect them with monitoring, fire programs, fencing, leadership, microbusiness, conservation is not just because we want to do a propaganda or scientific articles or being on the main square dancing kumbayas and no more plastic. No, sorry. That is useless. Take action. Do it something. Teach something. It's not just to cry and say, we are adapting to the climate change. What does it mean adapting? Sit down and wait. Every single problem that we are addressing, if we don't take action, it's not going to never be resolved. Even from my speech at the United Nations, when I said, we invite you to abandon your egos and conform because the planet Earth is demanding for more action. I say that thing. You are not going to believe. From 500 people on the audience, 400 was angry because <laughs> they feel comfortable being in that chairs with good salaries than not taking action. Only 50 people come and hug my hand and give me a hug and send them. This is the solution.
0: something about this kind of ground level, roll up your sleeves and get it done approach that is so powerful. And it really brings home the whole point of this podcast, that we are all menders, that to be human is to have the ability to solve these problems and to stitch things back together.
1: It's interesting timing too, because Tino's work puts into practice what Hannah Ritchie spoke about on this podcast last week, that true sustainability is a two-part equation, environmental restoration and human well-being. When Tino works with communities, he doesn't just give them the tools for tree planting, he also brings in doctors and dentists and provides things like solar panels. It's an approach that tends to all parts of the social ecosystem. Is there a moment or an event that you can maybe point to in your childhood that led you to do the work that
2: you're doing today? Coming from a poor family, I lost my parents in my earlier age and I take care for five brothers. I started running behind the sheeps and the cows on so my grandfather taking care of that, being a campesino. It was a big responsibility when my grandparents told me, your second name is Auka means warrior. You must to fight for us. Me, being a teenager, I said, another sub-opera. This is not something for me. But life pushes you, drives you to momentums where you are going to return to these specific times, and you can say, "Oh, oh this is not just a sub-opera. This is history. And it's time to do history. Mm. And I returned to them and said, okay, it's time to, to fight.
0: Now, before you started your conservation work, Tino, you trained as a biologist. What inspired you to do this?
2: Uh, I, I want to be honest. I tried three times to become a medical doctor. <laughs> Why? Being a medical doctor, engineer, or lawyer is the career that everybody wants because it's money. It's the solution to be, not poor. But the second option was biology. And being biologist, uh, I spend more time on the field than at the university. All my holidays, weekends, I spend just in the woods, sleeping there, trying to understand the nature. I cry seeing the birds, deers, even some mountain cats. and I think this is when I found the the touch with the Mother Earth. I saw the spirits, you know. The mountains for us are the protectors, are the the spirits of the... The rivers are spirits. The pumas, condors are spirits.
0: Now, it was this deep connection to nature, Tino, that led you to the work that you're doing today. And at the heart of this work is the polylipus tree, I would love to chat a little more about this tree and why it is so special.
2: Thank you so much for the question. It's it's going to help to understand more about how we are succeeding so fast. In five years, we planted 10 million trees. Polylepis trees has different local names. Keunia, Kewinia, Kenua. The local name changes along all the countries uh, from Venezuela near to Patagonia, is one species that only grows on the South American High Andes. It is the highest forest in the world, sometimes above five thousand meters sea level. They grow on rocks on on erosion and high slopes. but when they grow, they are surrounded by other kinds of plants and moss. And also around the trunk and the branches of the trees has many skins. That is why it's called polylepsis, many skins. All this botanical surrounding the trees works as a mist nets catching the humid and also the rainwater that comes every raining season. And the the moss and the other vegetation work like a sponge, catching all the water that later they are going to go slowly to creating the new rivers and, of course, bringing the water that everybody is waiting down the valley. As part of your work, you started an annual Polylipus tree planting festival
1: called Quenya Rhyme. I'd love to hear more about it.
2: We come from a heritage where the main principal Party or celebrating during the Inca times, the Inti Raimi, the festival of the sun. But when we started to plant the keunas or these polylepis trees, they said, why don't we call keunas raimi? <laughs> People happy? Everybody happy. Going up of the mountain, walking like a three hours to put the plants, bring life, because every single plant is new life. We have volunteers, we have everybody. Everybody comes happy. I attend to the COP meeting in Lima in 2014 and not seeing any results after wasting more than 90 or $98 million on that meeting. For that reason, many times I said, you're waiting for the COP meeting number 500 and recently you are going to resolve the climate change problem. I get back to Cusco and call to my friends, let's show that the Kenya is, Rami is the solution to these climate change problems. You are not going to believe. In a single day, we planted 57,000 trees, and we showed that. This is the solution.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow! From that time, it started to become popular and popular and popular. That's the thing. We didn't, we didn't just receive any class. We only rescue what works during that time, during, during the Inca's time. We are reviving that culture. And it's working. You've
1: been doing this now for more than half a lifetime. What is the
2: most important lesson that you've learned? The best lesson was during the COVID time. Trying to help to my people on the Highlands, I caught the pneumonia, and after that, pneumonia was COVID. I was so close to die. Hmm. But my mentality was, what's going to happen in the future if I die? I called to my kids and uh, Sebastian, the youngest one, and I asked him if I'm allowed to die. The answer was, I think, the best medicine that I received in my life. He said, no. (laughs) But I said, I already planted 3.5 million trees that is not enough? And he said, no, that is nothing. <clears throat> but Sebastian, please, I created more than 16 protected areas. <laughs> okay, that is nothing. No, 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 Sebastian, please. I, I provided thousands of jobs, benefits, everything. Yes, but it's nothing. Probably for them, but for us, nothing. Because i mean, understanding that the things that I did still needed to be more because these young people, the young people never ever are going to have the simple way to measure what we needed. What did the kids are going to receive it from us? And the worst, when they are going to ask us, why are you permitted to do that? That is, was my special moment, Anton. I said, thank you, COVID. <laughs> Thank you, COVID, for giving me that momentum. And thank you for having my family for two years inside of my home. Because after that, I had been traveling a lot trying to save the world. Mm. But also, COVID came from Mother Earth too. You know? so. <laughs> Resilience, my friend. Resilience. Think on yeah. that. The Incas, they are remainings of Culture that suffered a climate change during the 800 years after Jesus Christ. No water, many years with sunny days, the agriculture disappeared, forests end. They said, okay, what we needed? Water. Let's build aqueducts. Even right now, that aqueducts are still bringing water. You can come to Cusco, you are going to see those aqueducts still working. They build terraces to produce all the crops. Right now, they're still producing like they produced a thousand years ago. And the best, they planted trees. This is resilience. Many times when one expert with five PhDs or 10 PhDs, no, you don't know nothing. Okay, thank you. In the 45 of more than 40 years that you are still producing more PhDs, I'm going to plant probably hundreds million trees. I'm going to be happy because I provide hope. I provide life, not just articles and egos that I don't want to have.
0: Tino, I could listen to you all day. The passion in your voice, it is just infectious. And (laughs) what...
1: what, I mean, good virus. I mean, good virus. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What I'm really interested in, now that you've rescued this indigenous wisdom, what is the plan to pay it forward to future generations so that this work will continue beyond your lifetime, even your kids' lifetimes?
2: I'm 59 years old. I didn't look like a 59 years old. Of course, I'm still having black hair. Not too much, (laughs) probably. But what I discovered, in the life, we must learn to give and provide opportunities to the young people. Politicians, always they cut the wings and the legs to the younger generations. Always. Why? Because with the money interest, they don't want to see solutions. They want to see slaves, idiots, Of blind persons. When I gave a speech to younger generations or young students, normally I repeat the same. Try to do the best that you can and improve everything that is possible. If you fail, don't be worried, start again. If in the second time you fail, try to be better. But never, ever am I going to accept that you are going to fail the third time. Because if you are going to continue failing, you are going to start to become a parasite because you are finding a comfortable position. That is not the point. I saw many countries or many powerful countries failing because when they started to have the power, they offered to their child or to children Everything simple, easier, and free. No, 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 sorry. For us, it's not that. We must teach you how to walk. That's it.
0: Tino, we have one final question. What does the word hope mean to you?
2: (laughs) Ah, Hope for me is happiness. Happiness. If you, with your actions, can produce a smile and happiness, be sure that you are doing a good thing.
0: If there's one thing to take from Tino, it's the power of transforming work into joy. To turn a tree planting program into a festival to dance with the local communities and listen to their stories.
1: To rescue ancient knowledge that's at the heartbeat of conservation. People and nature recovering the past to secure a future. You can find out more about Tina's work in our show notes. We're proud to have Action Andina as one of our charity partners and would like to thank our paid subscribers for making this possible. If you're interested in becoming a paid subscriber, check out futurecrunch.com. This podcast is recorded in Australia on the lands of the Gadigal, Wurundjeri and Woiwurrung people. There are a lot of podcasts out there. It means a lot to us that you chose this one.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support Hope as a Verb, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to reach out directly, email us at hope at